Kia ora whanau. Welcome to the Poker Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. This podcast is about presenting to you insights that I've gained through my journey of moving from anxiety, diagnosed depression, and panic attacks to a place that I can call calm and confident, a place where I can say that my life is actually quite peaceful and quite joyful sustainably. Um, I've had the blessing of working with over 50 people successfully to do a very similar journey of moving through that kind of suffering to a place of peace and joy in their lives. Now, this is a completely zero cost program channel. Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm putting out zero cost um, steps and processes that have really served me in my life. Reason being is because of course there's so much going on in the world and there's in my opinion not enough I should say practical steps and insights out there at a zero cost accessibility in a very constructed way I should say like there's a lot of sort of itty bitty bits all over the place but yeah you get my point. Anyway today right now where I'm filming this is Halloween yeah and i've been invited to two halloween parties and i'm not going to any of them why because i don't want to yeah yeah i don't actually i kind of do i'm not gonna lie i actually kind of do but i'm not going because i'm actually doing this and i have a certain amount of tasks that i assigned to myself today and i haven't completed all of them yet mainly because a i needed to nap today because i'm very tired <laughs> i've been training for a marathon um and B, because, well, I assigned to myself a lot more than I expected <laughs> in, in terms of the activities that I'm actually needing to execute on is requiring more time. But putting that aside, I, I really wanted to touch on an amazing tool that served me in my life. Now, this tool has helped me significantly with anxiety. And I mean significantly. Yeah. Like, um, to the point where this quite literally has saved me from panic attacks in the past. It has gotten me to a point where I feel quite unshakable in places in my life where previously I did get consumed by anxiety. Now, this tool is something that I would invite you, if you are interested in this tool, to take very seriously. I'll share a little bit about where I learned this tool from as it was gained through insights on my interesting healing journey but also as well was constructed based on a lot of information that I was taught and practices I, would ta I was taught from other teachers as well. Now, along this journey, the very first teacher that gave me an insight to how I initiated this, this tool and how I formed, I guess I could say, first attempt at building this sort of tool. It was instigated by Tony Robbins. And good old Mr. Robbins shared, when you're looking at opportunities or steps forward, Look for three and reason why, and this isn't his exact words, but it was along the lines. Reason why is because with three, it would dig up other opportunities that before I didn't look at, or when I try really dig for them, especially if I'm not really seeing them right now, I will be able to see things or even be shown things that wouldn't I wouldn't have seen otherwise from maybe the not so good opportunities that I dug up because behind those not so good opportunities were even better opportunities than I first saw. So the idea is if I'm really trying to think about just certain decisions to make, I want to come up with three ideas around that decision because maybe that third one is going to be better than my first initial perceived great idea that I thought was going to be amazing. Now this is going to apply to anxiety. Why? I'll get to that. I had a interesting experience when I was in my early 20s. Uh, I almost went to jail, I think. <laughs> anyway, I got into a lot of trouble with the New Zealand government. And <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I'll, I'll share it really briefly. Now, in short, I got a drone because I was doing YouTube back in those days. You know, I was doing, a, I was a fitness YouTuber, you know, so I was doing cool drone shots and things like that. And I didn't really, to be honest, I was very naive. Um, I kind of knew I was doing something wrong, but at the same time, I didn't really think it was that bad. Like I, th I thought, well, um, I'm sure I can fly this drone anywhere. Like what's the problem as long as I don't fly it in this, like an airspace, you know, and that sort of thing, it should be fine. So I went ahead and I remember I was in Wellington, which is the capital of New Zealand. And I was flying this drone. Um, it's a few years ago now <laughs> and it was in airspace. I didn't know it was, I genuinely did not know it was. And I didn't really think much about, you know, looking on the locations online where you're allowed to fly drones. And also like, I didn't really read up on the rules. I kind of knew there were some rules, but I didn't think anything of them. I was just super naive and super dumb to be honest with this. And you know, I got some really cool shots. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but then I posted this video online and unfortunately, um, you know, not, no one cared to really tell me, hey, mate, you shouldn't do that, by the way. It just kind of got reported. <laughs> and um, this report ended up getting uh, getting me a call from the, I think it was like the Civil Aviation Unit of New Zealand or something like that. And they were based, was it in Wellington? So they were based in Wellington, but I was actually back in Auckland by this time, which is my hometown. And this is, you know, halfway up New Zealand. Uh, sorry, Wellington's halfway through New Zealand and then Auckland's all the way to the top. So, you know, half distance from New Zealand. And, oh, there goes a the light. <laughs> and these guys literally flew up to me. And I assumed because they're from this aviation unit that I was not just going to be in big trouble, but such big trouble to the point where I thought I was literally going to be imprisoned and court-martialed. And, you know, I'd actually had a scare like that before, but, you know, that's another story. Now, these people flew up two weeks after they said they would fly up. So they told me when they were gonna fly up, but there was a two week wait. During this two week wait, I was clearly, excuse the French, shitting myself. <laughs> I was so overwhelmed being in my early 20s about this idea that man, I didn't, I just, I was so stupid. I didn't think much of it. Why did I do this? You know, like I just should have thought about that. And like, it was just such a naive mistake. Now, because I was overwhelmed, I was set into a lot of anxiety. This was compiled on top of a depressive episode I was going through. This was also on top of a level of overwhelm I felt and almost heartbreak I felt from the rejection of a girl that I was pursuing. And I was very emotionally and energetically invested in this girl at the time. Uh, I was also as well going through challenges of my personal training business at the time. Uh, there was a lot going on. So there was also um, one other thing that I can't remember quite now, but there was five specific things that were going on in my life. And I remember I sat down and I thought of this, you know, message from Tony Robbins. And so I came up with what's what I called at the time a solution tree. And what this was is I took basically the thing that, like I wrote down all my five things that were challenging me and the thing that was taking most of my energy, which was obviously this fear of going to jail. <laughs> so I took that and I, what I started doing is I put down three main steps I could take in order to resolve this. And I remember very clearly, I wrote down three main solutions that came to mind. Um, I remember kind of clearly one of them was cry and get overwhelmed in front of them when they come visit me <laughs> and show that, you know, it's not my fault. The second solution, potential solution was uh, brush up on my knowledge and show that 
I have learned as much as I can about the rules and that this will not happen again. And then I can't remember, there was a third solution, but the second solution clearly stood out to me. And the second solution wasn't the first solution that came to mind, by the way. This actually came because I actually came up with the very first, I think it was two solutions before I came to this one. And obviously I went and did that. So I literally brushed up on all the rules around the aviation laws um, for drone flying in New Zealand. And you know, when it came time for the meeting, I was obviously still shitting myself and it went, went really well. You know, they scared me over the course of one whole hour. There were two people in suits, a man and a lady, much older than me. And I was, you know, <laughs> what's going on? I was freaking out, but I was showing like how genuinely sorry I was. And, you know, I was showing that I clearly had brushed up on the rules. Um, and, you know, they were very grateful for that. And at the end, they just basically shared with me, look, we're just actually genuinely trying to scare people here because we want them to recognize how much of a threat this actually is because it is obviously a happening thing. A lot of young people aren't recognizing how bad this is to, <laughs> well, airspace in New Zealand. So this is something that we wanted to take care of and make sure that, you know, you recognize how much of an Im imposing and impending threat that this is so that you go and tell people. Um, that's our only ask. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely tell people, please, I'll do anything. <laughs> so yeah, that was that. Now, uh, fast forward, you know, after that solution tree unfolded um, and, you know, solution tree formed, I now fast forward a few more years to a time when I was actually in a Vipassana. And Vipassana is over 100 hours of meditation in the space of about 10 days. No looking at anyone in the eye. Um, for those that have already heard, heard a little bit my, about my Vipassana story, you kind of know. And no speaking, uh, no writing, no uh, reading, nothing basically for the space of these 10 days with over 100 hours of meditation being inside your own head. And sounds like hell for a lot of people. And yes, it was hell <laughs> but it taught me a lot and one thing that i really took away from this was a strategy that i'll share with you that actually came and birthed itself from the solution tree that i'd initially um, came up come up with and you know um, basically just to finish off what that solution tree was by the way is you know i wrote down these three solutions and then from each solution i wrote down a chain of steps i had to take in order to make the solution occur right so that's sort of how it worked now I was in about, maybe it must have been about day six or day seven of Vipassana. And I was going through this cycle of an old fear I had around being cheated on. Because I had had previous situations where I had been hurt in relationships in such a way that led to this trauma of fearing being cheated on. So what ended up happening was this fear came up within me because you know you have nothing else to do but to face your shit. And so I was there just facing that. And I was currently at that point in time in a new formed relationship with an amazing girl. And uh, what ended up happening was I was getting overwhelmed. I thought I was capable of facing all of this stuff, but I, I just didn't feel capable capable at this point because I'd spent so long becoming fatigued, spending hours upon hours, just spending time mulling over this, thinking I'd be able to get to the bottom of it, but I just couldn't. And something just birthed itself. It was seemingly out of nowhere. And it's what I've come to call a safety net. And this safety net helped me to decrease the blow of what you can call this trauma, what you can call the trigger that comes from the trauma. And by decreasing the blow, it actually helped me to go to the depths of it without getting so triggered by it. And it actually helped me to come to a place of more peace 
with the thing that I couldn't become peaceful with previously. And I had almost like this epiphany of an experience. And through this epiphany, uh, yeah, these steps were formed. And now I've used these steps with many clients that I've worked with uh, in a very successful way. And we've worked with traumas such as, yet yeah, also fears in certain relationships, as well as fears of losing business, like losing a business and business failing, as well as fears of what might happen to my kids, right? Uh, so there's been a lot of fears that we've had, and the fear of going um, of someone's own wedding as well. Um, there was a lot of fear around that. So there's a lot of ways that this tool can be used, which is the most amazing thing about it, because at the end of the day, it's about uh, the context, not the content. So I'm going to read out very briefly what this process was and how I applied it so you can generate as much insight around this as possible. And this is what I call the four threes. Now, the four threes is something that I literally just made up. <laughs> but the uh, main title is Safety Net. And I'll explain why it's called a safety net in a moment. Now, the idea is you wanna note down the main thing that's causing the amount of anxiety in your life. So for me at that point in time, it was the fear of being cheated on, the fear of losing someone and me making the meaning out of that, that I will not be loved and I will always be cheated on because I'm not good enough and other guys are better than me and more deserving of love from the girls that I love. So that's just essentially the meaning that I formed. Now, the four threes are just this. As I meditated on this trauma and on this fear that was com completely consuming me, I started exploring these things. The first of the four threes are three strategies to prevent the worst case scenario. And this, is, this was tied perfectly to the solution tree. So this, kind of one, this one was kind of one that I already kind of knew, but it's writing down and the best way to do it is to write it down and then also meditate on it to complement that. So the insights are born, but to meditate and then write down three steps and strategies that are very clear and it doesn't matter if they're good or bad it's just about getting them down so that new ideas can come through because it will build momentum with ideas the first three is three strategies to prevent that worst case scenario right so you've got the trauma or the fear that is going to signify a worst case scenario that you are wanting to repel. What is that worst case scenario? You must define that first. So my worst case scenario is my girlfriend that um, you know I was in a, new, in a new relationship with would leave me for another guy, and you know she'd get very, she'll get drunk because she was you know away with a friend, and I, I knew that they were going to go to a party, and uh, that she'll find a guy, and because she's drunk, and that was another trauma I had, which was a trauma around alcohol, and she'll get drunk, um, and she'll you know, just compulsively get with another guy and then she cheat on me. So this was, you know, the fear. Now, and that was the worst case scenario that I would come up with. So I could, I could tell that this was the thing that was most triggering, so I faced it. And like I said, the first three is, okay, what are three strategies that can prevent it? Now, I went through my mind and I got two ways that, um, I got very clear that obviously there was nothing I could do to prevent said thing which meant that, okay, well, because the certain event isn't something I can prevent, I need to move on to the next three. And that is the three strategies to fix if the worst case scenario was to happen. So if the worst case scenario was to happen, 
what are three steps that I could, I could in terms of how I could fix it. Now this birthed the next two threes, which I'll get to. But for this particular scenario, it was very clear that there was there weren't really things that I could do to fix said worst case scenario because if worst case scenario had happened, then for me, I, I, I don't know if I could see, because it was a very new relationship, I don't know if I could see um, myself developing a strong form of trust for a woman that had cheated on me, especially that early in the relationship, on top of the fact that she had cheated on me. <laughs> you know? So the point being is I negated that one too. Now, if you can answer the first two of those threes, amazing. This is going to set you up for much more success on the next two threes. But just because you can't answer those first two threes like myself for a certain scenario, that doesn't matter. That's absolutely fine. It just means that um, the next two threes will serve you because the next two threes will be able to be answered no matter what. The second, the third three is three lessons or three ways that this worst case scenario could grow me. Now, the question is this, if the worst case scenario was to happen, what are three ways that this worst case scenario would grow me and or what are three lessons that I would gain? So just three, write down three, one, two, three. And you know, when I think back to the way I was sort of looking at this, okay, well, it would teach me resilience. It would teach me how to truly face this trauma and I feel like I'd almost build a stronger level of faith in myself to move through the worst, this kind of worst case scenario to the point where even if this worst case scenario was to like um, happen a few times over, if it had, if I'd, it had really happened in the worst case scenario and I was able to show myself that I will be okay and I'll be able to move through it, the amount of resilience I'd build and the amount of character I'd build and the amount of fortitude I'd build would be like no other. So I could see that. And you know, these were aligned with a few other lessons that came to my mind, but that was a real big one that came up. I'm like, wow, I could see how this could really grow me. And right now I'm in a plate in a state of my life where self-growth is a very important factor for me. And I'm still pretty young. I was what, 26 when I was 26, 25, 26 when I was doing the Vipassana. And you know, I could see that, well, I've, you know, I've got a lot of life ahead of me, you know, even if I was 50 and doing it, to be honest, I'd, like, I'd probably still think this, like, hey, like, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'll, I'll still get opportunities to um, make, possibly go out and find someone new uh, if this worst case scenario was to happen. And then I'll be able to take those new lessons and new f factors of growth into the next relationship. That's amazing, right? And that led me to the, th the fourth three. And the fourth three was just this, three potential opportunities three potential opportunities. So if the worst case scenario was to happen, what are three potential opportunities I would gain if the worst case scenario were to happen that weren't three things that I could do if it hadn't happened. The first thing that came that I became aware of was well, I'd get to date again. And I kind, I kind of am in a phase of my life where to be honest, um, it would be quite nice. It would be quite nice to go on some more dates. I haven't actually given myself much of an opportunity lately to do that um, outside of you know meeting this girl. And that's something that, to be honest, I'd, I'd actually really like to do. And so I kept, got very real with that. I'm like, you know what? That wouldn't be so bad. Actually, yeah, I'd still get that opportunity. And then I started looking at other opportunities. Okay, well, what else would become an opportunity? Well, I'll get more time to focus on my business. I really want to focus on that. What else would I get an opportunity? Well, I'll get more time to really... Uh, make sure that I'm getting all my runs in because I, like, I was just getting into my running at that point in time and a lot of the runs were cut short because you know all my time would go into business and then I'd pour some extra time into running but then I'd have to cut my runs short because I wanted to you know go and have dinner with my new girlfriend or go and you know spend some time with her that, that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten if I'd actually done the entire run right so the point is is <laughs> you know I'd be able to put more time into my training 
So these were three opportunities that I'd gain if this worst case scenario had happened. And another opportunity that came to mind was like, wow, I'd be able to navigate a really deep, challenging uh, situation that I'd then be able to actually share me, my learnings with other people that could serve and change lives. That's incredible, right? So all these things and insights came from that one meditation. I remember it was a moment where it just clicked for me. Now, this is a four threes. So I'll just read over them one more time. Okay, three strategies to prevent the worst case scenario. If I clearly can't have strategies that can prevent something, if it's clear 100% there's no possible way to prevent this, if it happens, it's out of my control, great, move to the second three. The second three are three strategies to fix the situation if the worst case scenario were to happen. If that's possible, fantastic. If it's not, that's absolutely fine. Rule that one out. The third three, this is an absolute one you will be able to do no matter what the situation is. What are three potential lessons or ways this will grow me? Because everything can grow me. I can learn something from any situation, even if it's just simply patience, even if it's just simply fortitude or strength or whatever that is. What are three lessons or ways this can grow me if the worst case scenario were to happen? And the final three, the fourth three is three potential opportunities that will come my way if the worst case scenario were to happen. So even in the worst case scenario, even if it means death, and unfortunately I have had death in my life, and I'm sure you dear listener probably have too, and many of us have, and it's obviously not an ideal, but it's a reality. You know, that's something that we will have to face. It's a reality of life. But the point being is even with death um, being a reality, there is always actually something that A, it can teach me or it can help me grow in a certain way. And B, there are actually opportunities. Yes, I know it's grim, but it's actually important to acknowledge this. They can come from, yes, the death of someone that we're terrified of losing, but it's a reality that at the end of the day, if there's nothing that we can do, obviously to uh, save said life because it's you know a terminal disease or it's age or whatever that might be, then we really need to do ourselves a favor and help ourselves cushion ourselves so that we don't fall into the pits of hell, which you know I certainly have around death, um, and I'm sure you know if you're listening, maybe you have too, uh, where I'm not actually really living my life anymore and being crippled by this um, and it's sending me into turmoil and at the end of the day I know that this person that uh, is no longer here with me wouldn't want me to be doing that for um, for the fact that this person had passed they'd want me to be living to my fullest potential so I'm not actually doing them a service and this, these were the things I was reminding myself of so it can even be applied to this which is what can I what opportunity can I gain from this you know whatever that might be Right, and, my, and as an example, I'll give an example because um, one of my best friends at a certain point in my life took his life, right, as an example. And an opportunity that comes my way is, well, wow, I, like obviously this isn't something I, I knew would happen, it just happened, but an opportunity that I gained from it was now I get to use his story as fuel to go and help others. That's incredible. That's a gift he's given me, um, like without obviously intending on it, but you know, he's given me that and that's so beautiful. You know, his name's Caleb Brickard. Love that guy, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I'll speak more about how it's inspired me to actually literally do everything I'm doing here. Yeah, it's bit, well, pretty much the main motivator why I've gone in this direction in my life. But with that being said, that is the end of the podcast. Um, I'll be talking more about my Vipassana journey at some other stage. I'll be sharing a lot more around, obviously, my insights that I've gained through meditation and also things, steps that I've taken to move through anxiety in my life so that hopefully it can help you. Too. If you found any benefit in this, subscribe as always. That would be amazing and share it, please. Okay, bye.